Would you turn with me to the book of Romans in chapter 8 once more. I'm going to be reading verses 12 through 17. Verses 12 through 17. And our focus this morning will be particularly on verse 15. So we'll be reading Romans 8 verses 12 uh, through 17. And then our focus will be particularly on verse 15. Uh, Here's what we read. This is the word of God. So then brothers, we are debtors. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him so our study of this chapter has brought us to a very wonderful place We have come now to the doctrine of adoption. Uh, As we saw last Sunday, the Holy Spirit who has been given to us as Christians is the Spirit who causes us to know that we've been adopted, to believe that we've been adopted. He is the Spirit who causes us to experience our adoption. The Spirit of God causes us to know the love of our Father for us to feel it in our own souls. We are no longer slaves to the law, seeking to obey God out of fear. No, we are now God's precious children, and we obey God out of immense happiness and out of the confidence we have because of His love. My goal this morning and in the next few messages is to help us to see the glory of our adoption. I want you to feel the encouragement that verse 15 is bringing when it says we have received the spirit of adoption. What is this adoption? What is this wonderful thing that has happened to us as Christians? I pray that any unbelievers in this room will find their hearts longing for this adoption as I preach and I pray that we here who are believers will find our hearts rising in gratitude and in worship towards God as we hear this great truth expounded Uh, the Puritans used to say that they thought the glory of this doctrine in particular was seldom grasped by Christians Uh, Puritan William Perkins argued that being adopted by God is so much greater than being adopted by an earthly prince. Being adopted by God is so much better than even being adopted by the wealthiest, most powerful ruler on earth. Indeed, he said that we who are adopted into God's family not only have God as our father, 
but Christ as our elder brother, the Holy Spirit as our comforter, and the kingdom for our everlasting inheritance. And yet he lamented this. He said, at earthly preferences, men will stand amazed, but seldom will you find a man that is ravished with joy in this, that he is the child of God. That is what I long for, that we would be ravished in the joy that we are children of God. Another Puritan put it this way. He said, from being a child of the devil to becoming a child of God, from, becoming, from being a child of wrath to becoming an object of God's favor, from a, a child of condemnation to becoming an heir of all the promises and a possessor of all blessings, to be exalted from the greatest misery to the highest felicity. This is something which exceeds all comprehension and all adoration. And so you see what a task we have before us. My goal is to help us comprehend something that is greater than our comprehension. This doctrine is higher and greater and more wonderful than my stuttering words can convey. Only the Spirit of God can cause you to really know through God's Word the greatness and the sweetness of what it means to have been adopted by Him. And I'm praying that He will work through our feeble efforts. I'm going to do my best to try and preach well. You do your best to try and listen well. And may God cause us to be blessed in the process. I want to use five headings to open up this incredible truth of adoption. And the first is where we're going to spend all our time today, or at least this morning. Our first heading is this, six general truths about our adoption. Six general truths about our adoption. And so when we ever read of this word adoption in the Bible, when we read in Romans or Galatians that we've been adopted by God, these are six truths that we should know from the Bible immediately that should color the way we think about this truth. Here they are. Number one, adoption is an act of God's grace. Adoption is an act of God's grace. This is how it is with most adoptions that you and I are familiar with. There is a child in an orphaned state. There is no mom or dad caring for the child. The child doesn't adopt the parents. Rather, the parents must come to the child in the child's helplessness and adopt the child. Uh, The orphan child may long for loving, caring parents. And surely there are many millions around the world that have that longing even now. But no matter how much the child wants it, the child can't make parents come and love him or her. The orphan boy or the orphan girl cannot cause parents to come and to pick her out and, and to take her into their family. The decisive action must come on the part of the parents. It is the man and the woman who must must choose to love the child. They must choose to make the child a part of their family. From the child's position, adoption is all of grace. And certainly this is true of our adoption by God. 
Ephesians 1 verse 5 says that God predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace. In that verse alone we learn that our adoption was ordained by God that it was accomplished because he willed it, that it was accomplished as he chose through Jesus Christ, and that it is only by the glorious grace of God that we have been brought into God's family. Mount Herman, think about this. Think about the grace of God towards us. Think about how completely undeserving we were of being adopted. When we picture children who need to be adopted, sometimes we picture very healthy little boys and girls with beautiful eyes and picturesque faces. But you know, most of the children in this world who need to be adopted aren't so picturesque. When you look at the the state of North Carolina, at the children in the the foster system, and, and they need to be adopted, many of them, most of them, have health defects. They often have severe disabilities. They come with a great deal of baggage and difficulties that new parents will have to take on. Well, similarly, when God looked at us, we were not attractive children. Instead, when God looked at us, what he saw was true wickedness. When God looked at us, he saw twisted, corrupted hearts, blinded eyes, children who were deaf and dumb to all that is good in the world. And not only that, but by nature we hated God. We think of children longing to be adopted. They, they, they want to be out of the system. They want a mommy and a daddy. But we were by nature the opposite of that. Maybe you picture a teenager who has grown up in the foster care system and, and he's been moved around from one bad situation to another bad situation and now his heart is hard. He doesn't want a mom or dad any longer. He gets told about a family that wants to adopt him. He gets angry. He just wants to be left alone. You see, church, as desperately as we needed God as our father, we did not want him. We were unattractive and we did not want him. We thought we were fine. We were walking in the hardness of our hearts. We were walking in the blindness of our own eyes. We had made ourselves enemies of God and yet God in his love chose to make us his children. While we were yet sinners, he sent Christ to die for us and by the Spirit he conquered our rebellious hearts He subdued us and he won our love. He opened our eyes. He melted our hearts. Mount Hermon, we have been brought into an experience of a love like we thought could never exist in this world. To quote Thomas Watson, we have enough in us to move God to to correct us, but we do not have anything in us to move him to adopt us. Therefore, exalt free grace. Begin the work of angels here. Bless him with your praises who has blessed you in making you his sons and daughters. Number one, adoption is all of grace. Number two, adoption is possible only because of the cross. 
Adoption is possible only because of the cross. Ephesians 1.5 said we were predestined to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Adoptions are often expensive. It's one of the reasons why many who would like to adopt refrain from doing so. It's one of the reasons why if we have a family in our church willing to adopt a, a child, we ought to pitch in and, and help with the cost. Adoptions are, can be very expensive. But dear Christian, there has never been an adoption that costs more than your own. There has never been an adoption that came at a higher price than your adoption by God. Yes, he is a God of love but he is also a God of justice and righteousness and holiness. And our guilt and the hell we deserved stood between us and God. It's as if you are the king or the queen of a kingdom and the child that you want to adopt has done terrible things in your kingdom. The child that you want to adopt is guilty of so many crimes. Crimes against you as the king or queen. Crimes against the kingdom. Crimes against all that is good and right. And you know that if you just adopt this child into your family without dealing with those crimes, number one, you're not a just ruler. Number two, your glory, your dignity, your honor will be diminished in the eyes of your people. And number three, your actions will encourage evil and discourage good. And so you know if I'm going to adopt this child, I must deal with these crimes. And that's exactly the way it was with us and God. And so Jesus came. Here we were with a list of crimes a mile long, all deserving of hell. And yet to be God's child, we must be perfect and holy. And so Jesus came and he was perfect on our behalf. He accomplished the righteousness that is then imputed or accredited to us in the sight of God when we believe. He went to the cross and he bore the punishment we deserved. Not just the nails and the mockery and the crown of thorns, but his very father forsaking him, pouring on him the wrath we deserve. We've said it a hundred times. We stood before God with a report card full of F's. Jesus earned straight A's. And when we believe on him, our F's are wiped away and his A's are given to us. The cross, the death of Jesus Christ, this was the cost of our adoption. And it's kind of strange, isn't it? the cost of us becoming children of God was that the only begotten Son of God had to die. He wouldn't stay dead, of course, but he died. And not only that, but Jesus died willingly like a son or a daughter who longs for dad and mom to adopt more kids. Jesus is the true Son of God. But he was willing to die that he might be the first among many brethren. He was willing to die that he might become an elder brother. He is God's son from the beginning. We are sons and daughters by adoption. But Christ willingly laid down his life so that this would be so. He paid the cost of our adoption. 
Third, adoption is granted only through our union with Christ. Adoption is granted only through our union with Christ. Again, Ephesians 1.5 says we were predestined to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. So often, people will adopt because they are not able to have children of their own. Uh, Certainly in the ancient world, this was the normal way. Uh, A man would have no sons, no legal heir to pass on his wealth and his status in the community. And so he would adopt a son to become his heir. But God's adoption is not like this. God already has a son. God does not need us. There is no parental need in God that we fill. There is nothing lacking in God. There is no hole in God's heart that we somehow fill. Dear friends, God has been overflowingly happy and content for all eternity. Our adoption is not God trying to meet some need in himself. Rather, it is God overflowing in joy and love and in mercy. Now make sure you get this. God's adoption of us is only through our union with the one son that he already has. God has given everything, absolutely everything to his son. And the father loves his son, Jesus Christ, above all else. There is nothing in the world that compares with the love of God for Jesus God loves all that is good with a perfect love. And when he sees Jesus, he sees all that is good. There has never been a love of a parent for a child that compares to the love that God has for his son. And yet here is the absolutely astounding thing. God has ordained it to be so that we are adopted through our union with Jesus so that we become a part of Jesus. We become his bride, his, his body, and we share in this great love of the Father for his Son. John 17, 23 is astounding. Jesus is praying concerning his church. He says, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. God has incredible love for Jesus. And when we believe on Jesus, we are brought into union with him so that now we share in that love. Mount Hermon, can you picture the love of the Father for the Son? You can't picture it. The love of the Father for the Son is deeper than the oceans, higher than the mountains, more vast than the great expanse of our universe. And yet Jesus says that through our being united to Him, God now loves us, even as He loves Him, because we are His how wonderful it is to be connected to Christ and what a father we have and I would just ask you are you living in the reality of just how loved you really are think back over this past week did you live in the reality of how greatly your father loves you number four number four 
Adoption is given to all who are justified by faith, but none others. Adoption is given to all who are justified by faith, but none others. You see, God has ordained adoption to work in such a way that the spotlight shines on Jesus. God has determined that all divine adoption goes through Jesus so that we see the cost that he paid, so that we see the love of the Father for him, so that we see his great worth. This is why we must be united to Jesus to be adopted. Christ is at the center of it all so that we will love him and honor him. God is giving to his son a token of his love for him, a people who will adore him and praise him forever. Younger brothers and sisters who will forever look up to elder brother and know that it was only through him that we even came into this family. And he will forever be praised. It isn't mainly about us. Your salvation, my salvation, it's not mainly about us. It's about the Father honoring the Son. And we get the great privilege of being caught up in unimaginable love and affection. But how is it that we are connected to Christ? Well, the Bible says it's through faith. It's when we come to Jesus. It's when we believe on Him. It's when we trust in Him that our sins are forgiven, that we're made right with God, and that we are adopted as God's children. And Mount Hermon, there is no other way. Listen to John 1, 12. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. This is how it works. You must believe on Jesus to have the right to be a child of God. God has put all things into the hands of Christ, including authority over adoption. Not one person comes into God's family apart from the will of Christ. Jesus died for his church. Jesus rose for his church. Jesus now reigns over this world and by his spirit he is saving his church and he is bringing them into his family. And what does Jesus do to bring somebody into the family? He gives them a heart of faith. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Here is how open this adoption is. It is open to anyone who wants it and is willing to believe in Jesus. Did you hear that word all? But to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. There were none turned away. Not one person who has ever believed on Jesus found Jesus saying to him or her, sorry, you can't be in this family. You're not good enough. You didn't make the cut. You don't have the right background. You don't speak the right language. No. Every person who has ever believed on Christ, Christ has given the right to be a child of God. It doesn't matter how ugly your life has been, how corrupt, how wretched you can be adopted into God's family if you only humble yourself and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. This all includes people from every people group. 
Acts 10 verse 35 in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him anyone who fears him and does what is right trust and obey you will be a part of God's family God's family is a multi-racial multi-ethnic family God adopts children from all over the world don't ever think that there's something inherently evil or wrong about a multiracial or multi-ethnic family. Just the opposite. Families like that, especially when they're formed through adoption, are a visible picture of the family of God. You and I have brothers and sisters of different races and different ethnicities. They're very different from us, but we're all a part of the same family with God as our Father. We have the same father, the same salvation, the same elder brother who has saved us all. And by the way, though the Bible often refers to Christians as sons of God, when Jesus says all, he certainly means men and women. Son is an inclusive term that refers to both sons and daughters of God when it is applied to Christ's church. And so, ladies, that we're using masculine language of being sons of God, please know you are absolutely 100% included in this language. And it's made clear in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Paul says, Therefore go out from their midst. Be separate from them, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And there has never been a father who loved his daughters more than our Heavenly Father loves his daughters. But as Jesus saves all who receives him, and God accepts all into his family who believes on Christ, nobody else will be adopted in any other way. Jesus is the only way of adoption. There, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we may be saved. We must be justified by faith in Christ. Now, by the way, we've, we've talked a lot about justification being made right with God through Jesus we've we've talked a lot about that here at Mount Hermon I want you to know that as important and as wonderful as justification is adoption is even better you see justification was the means adoption was the goal (laughs) justification is the means to make adoption possible justification yes being forgiven of your sins is great Not going to hell is great. Getting to see grandma in heaven will be wonderful. But those are not the main things. The main thing that God has been doing through making you right with him, justification, was to bring you into a relationship with him so that you could have him as your father. What can be greater or higher than this? Adoption is one of the chief gifts of salvation. Adoption is one of the great goals of salvation. Adoption is one of the the highest things in this world that you are a child of God and have a relationship with your father. And at this point, I would stop and say to any unbelievers in this room, will you not come to Christ? 
to have God as your father? Do you not see how undeserving you are because of your sins? How many times you have rebelled against this God and lived in wickedness and yet he is speaking to you through his word in mercy this morning. The call is very clear. All who receive Christ, who believe on him and follow him, they are not only forgiven of their sins, they are not only given peace with God, but they are adopted into his family. This is abundant life. This is the life of faith. This is the great promise of Christ that you can have God as your own. Number five, adoption is both forensic and familial. All right, adoption is both forensic, F-O-R-E-N-S-I-C, and familial, F-A-M-I-L-I-A-L. Or to put it differently, adoption is both a legal reality and a relational reality. In adoption, there is both this legal aspect to it and there is this relational aspect. And you know this from the stories of people you know that have adopted children. The child has to be legally adopted, right? There has to be a declaration by the governing authorities that that child is now yours and that the parents are now the parents of that child. But then there also has to be the relational part to it the parents have to actually come and receive the child into their lives and to relate to the child and this is exactly how it is in our relationship with God our adoption is a legal reality the moment you believe in Jesus it is settled in the courts of heaven it is written on the books it is absolutely true even when you don't feel like it even when you feel God is far away and that he could never love you and he could never be your father, if you have believed on Christ, it is a legal reality. He is your heavenly father. And it is also a relational reality. Indeed, the moment you believed, the father put his spirit into your very heart. And through the spirit, through Christ, you began a real relationship with him. You relate to your father through prayer. He speaks to you through his word and spirit. And remember what the spirit does, Romans 5, 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. As we read the word of God, as we speak to our Father in prayer, the spirit gives us the sense, the, the, the feeling that we talked about last week of our Father's hug, of being embraced by him. We actually experience God's love emotionally and inwardly as the Spirit brings God's words to bear on our lives. Romans eight sixteen. the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Through the word, the Spirit causes us to know deep in our souls the joy and the confidence of being loved by God. Mount Hermon, adoption by God is not just some theological thing. It is a reality in your life. You have a relationship with God, a relationship of real affection, a relationship with real communication, a relationship when through the Spirit you can actually sense His love for you, His warm embrace. Lloyd-Jones used to say that the Christian life is to be lived like a child walking hand in hand with his father. But he said there are times when the father just picks up the child and holds him close to his chest, snug and warm. 
And those are very sweet moments. And that happens sometimes. I hope you've experienced it. That there are times when through the word of God, maybe through the singing, all I have is Christ, or maybe through the prayers, or maybe in conversation with others, or maybe in your own quiet time of prayer, there are moments when suddenly the Spirit causes you just to know from your head to your toes, you feel it, you sense it. I am loved by my Father. And it's almost as if your Father is just picking you up and, and embracing you. But even when those special moments aren't happening, We are to walk hand in hand with our Father with this basic spirit-given sense. I am God's and he is mine. We know that our Father loves us. It's written in black and white in the Bible. Each day we go to our Father. Each day we go to his very throne room and we come to him with boldness. Why? Because we're his children. And we pour out our hearts to God. We cast our cares upon God. He is an attentive father. He is a caring father. He is a father who is sympathetic to us. You see, our relationship with God, our salvation, our adoption, it is both forensic and familial. It is both legal and relational. And we're done with this. Number six, very short. Adoption is a Trinitarian work. Adoption is a Trinitarian work. The Father chose us and willed to adopt us. The Son paid the price. And the Spirit brings us into union with Jesus and causes us to know the love of the Father and the Son. So when you think about your adoption, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, praise God three in one. Father, Son, and Spirit together have brought you into this amazing love. So Mount Hermon, rejoice in these most basic biblical truths about your adoption. Believe them, believe them, believe them. Let them shape your identity in this life. Adoption is an act of God's grace. Adoption is only possible because of the cross. Adoption is granted to us through union with Christ. Adoption is given to all who are justified by faith and none others. Adoption is both forensic and familial and adoption is a Trinitarian work. May God bless these truths to our souls and may they change us. Let's pray.